Yeah. We start with the Parsha's Noyach. Instead of talking about Noyach and the Mabel and the Taiva, we're going to talk about something at the end of the Parsha. Right? We're talking about Shulam Bayes. So let's talk about a Shidduch that happened this week. Ba'yikach Avram v'nuchel ha'am nushem. Shem Aishas Avram. Surah. Shem Aishas nuchel milka. Avram avini. Married the Surah. We teach children all the time about the Shidduch of Yitzhak avini and Yankar avini. But over here we're talking about Avram avini marrying Surah. Who was that? Bas Huram avi milka avi yiska. Right? So it's not clear who's Milka and who's Yiska. Where does Surah come in? So Rashi explains that Yiska is Yisura. Right? They were sisters. Milka and Yiska were sisters. And that's Milka and Surah. Two, two wives of Avrum and Nuchar. So Rashi explains that Yiska is Surah. Why is she called Yiska? Two reasons Rashi gives. One is because Surah was able to see things with Yiska And one is because people would look at her beauty. She was so beautiful. So the question is why does Rashi have to bring two, two separate reasons for the same thing? So the Yagayanki, he brings a verse from the Kashita Kala. He says that we see that Laya Imaini, it says that she, was, she used to cry. She didn't look so beautiful. She was crying a lot. Why? Because Yankov and Isa were two brothers, and she and Ruchu were two sisters. Automatically, the Khajm was that she understood, and everyone, everyone else understood, that the older will marry the older, and the younger will marry the younger. So she's going to be married to Arusha. We see also that Dina, there was a Tana on Dina, but we see that she was trying to avoid marrying Arusha. So we see that Laya and Dina, both of them, uh, were very worried about, about marrying someone who's not so erlich. So the question is that if, if Sura and, and Milka were, were two sisters, and automatically we would again understand that if there's two brothers and two sisters, and it seems that, it's, that there's going to be a good shidduch over here. So, so if Yisuk is the younger one, and Taylor had two sons, and Nukha was the younger one, she wouldn't be marrying Avram Avini, so she should be very um, sad about that. But because she was that's what Rashi is explaining. She was able to see things with Echakoidah. She knew that she would marry Avramavini, and that's why Hakosech and that's why she looked beautiful, she didn't have to cry. So, just a nice word. But I think that one thing that we could learn from it, and this is something that's, that's relevant for husband and wife, and wife and husband, both ways, whenever looking for Shidduch in general, we know that a person is supposed to look for somebody who's Erlach and Yerushimayim and uh, behaving the way they should. And the first thing we learn is that, yeah, the, the Ovis and the Imuas were definitely looking for somebody who was very Erlich. And we see it later in the other Shadikim, but the Ovis and the Imuas looking for somebody who was Erlich with good Midas and Yerushimayim. So the first thing is that when somebody sees that it's bothering them, the fact that their spouse is not Erlich enough, let's call it, or not firm enough, or not doing things the way they should, the first thing I think that, that's uh, important to understand is that it's fine. It's fine to want, it's fine to want to be married to someone who's Yerushimayim. It's fine to be mispalo that your spouse is and, and becomes more Yerushimayim, more Erlich, that's fine. And sometimes people feel guilty, like, why do I care? Why does it bother me? No, I think, I think we're taught to care, to be married to somebody who's Erlich. What you do about it, and how much you start controlling someone else, and if you start becoming the other person's Mashgiach, because of it, that's a separate story. That's what we teach people, you know, you're not your husband's Mashgiach, you're not your wife's Mashgiach, um, you're not here to control them, everyone has their own challenges in life, everyone has their own tests, temptations, we can't, right? everyone's dealing with their own stuff. So if, if because you want someone to be Erlich, that's why you start controlling them, or that's why you start telling them what to do, that's a different story. But if you want someone to be Erlich, that's not something you should feel bad about. And the same thing is the other way around. When somebody uses against the other, um, what do you care what I do? It's my own choices, right? I have my, my own Gehenim, or things like that. We spoke about it recently, but I'm just the idea where somebody will, will use it against you and say, what do you care what I do? That's, that's incorrect. What do you mean, what I, what do you mean, well, I care what you do? Of course I care what you do. And you should care what, what the other one does. But not in a way where it brings you to do things that are going to either damage the relationship or make things worse or make it even harder for the other person to choose uh, wisely 
I'll start controlling, obviously. So this is a very important balance we have to understand. You're, you're supposed to, and we're being taught to want to be married to someone who's doing the right thing and to try whatever you could do to make them, um, you know, in a healthy way to, to help someone else be Erlich and certainly not, not make it the other way around and cause someone else to be less Erlich and do the wrong thing. And, and very often, you know, people want to do the right thing. Everyone, everyone wants to do the right thing. Everyone wants to have a spouse who's Erlich. But sometimes we get caught in our own, uh, in our own challenges and we tend to slap someone else down. Even though deep down we really want the other person to be firm and strong and we respect when the other person is very young. So this is all a very, a very big balance. Not to come across controlling, not to come across judgmental, not to come across you know, in, in a way that makes someone feel inferior, but at the same time to feel that it's fine. It's fine to want to be married to someone. Okay, so with that, I'm going to read an email, a letter I got. And let's discuss a little uh, topic that may touch upon this point. Hi, I listened to your talk on Torah and about technology, and I feel like it was tailor-made for me. It gave me so much clarity. I appreciate that you discuss these topics so openly, and those who are in the dark feel less alone. Okay, so I'm not even sure which share this is. I think it was recently that we spoke about something like that. And yeah, you should feel less alone, because like I keep mentioning, anything that I read over here and anything anyone sending in, anyone who's experiencing these kind of challenges is definitely not alone. Right, there are definitely a lot of people that, that are going through the same thing. Which is normal. I just I mean to say that it's normal. I don't mean to say that there's a lot of people that are suffering. It's very normal. So you mentioned that there are some things that which can't be tolerated. Can you share what those are? I recently found that my husband signed up to a few different sites uh, without going into detail. Do I need to confront him about it or wait and see what happens? Okay, so the question is, uh, what are the things that can't be tolerated? Now let me just tell you now so you don't be sitting and waiting in suspense. I'm not going to tell you what they are. I'm not going to go mention exactly what it is and what it's not that, that could or should or can't or shouldn't be, be tolerated. You know, it's a very uh, deep and sensitive topic. It's also something that's, that's hard to define as a one-size-fits-all. And that's why I'm not going to go into those kind of details. But let's discuss the topic and see if we can come up with a certain amount of clarity. So the first thing that, I, that I'd like to say in terms of introduction, whenever we talk about things, and we talk about this often about... Uh, you know, what you should tolerate, what you could, or what, what you, you know, with your own space, uh, what, what you have to do, what you don't have to do. So a lot of people gravitate to these kind of topics because it makes them feel more validated. It makes them feel more at peace with, with, with what's going on, you know. I'm feeling that someone's uh, controlling me and I don't have to be controlled and things like that. And people tend to rely on, on these kind of tactics or these kind of ideas to better their relationship. In other words, I'm in a, I'm in a stressful relationship. Somebody keeps on telling me what to do. Somebody keeps on abusing me. Right? Somebody keeps on hurting me. So I'm going to learn how, you, how to not tolerate these things. Okay? And then I'll be good, right? But people who do that don't realize sometimes that they're, they're looking away from many other healthy ideas that help the marriage or help the relationship. Which means if you're not investing enough energy in ideas like helping your spouse and complimenting your spouse and being respectful and being kind and, and, and all that, if you're not doing that enough, then, then your relationship is not going to be great, regardless of, 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 of what you do or don't tolerate. In other words, you might be suffering less when you learn how to tolerate less or when you learn what you don't have to tolerate. But, but don't rely on that to make your relationship pleasant. If you're not going to invest time and energy on the good parts of, of building a relationship, Right? whether it's communicating healthy or whatever it is or being more flexible or more understanding then you're not going to have a great relationship now some people say well I did all that already it's not working or it didn't help me for me it didn't work well maybe it didn't work maybe you didn't do it right maybe you didn't do it together with knowing what you do or don't have to tolerate but just relying on that kind of you know 
I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let myself be taken for a ride. I'm not going to let myself be put down or, or, or hurt anymore. That alone is definitely not going to make your relationship good. So even though we're going to be discussing that kind of topic now, it's definitely a big puzzle with a lot of other things that we talk about often. So that's, that's first of all. Okay, another small introduction, this is not so small anymore, is that when people talk about what, what I don't have to tolerate, very often the, the connotation, the implication is that we're talking about ultimatums, we're talking about putting my foot down, I'm not going to let it happen at any cost, I don't care what happens. Sometimes it could even mean Chazor Shulam, even if it's at the expense of my relationship, I'm not going to let this happen, that's it, I'm not going to be in a relationship where this is happening. And people go, all the, people go to the extreme, like, I'm, I'm going to be very firm about this, no matter what it takes. And there are things like that. There are things that are make it or break it. Relationships, you know, as much as we want everyone to be married uh, happily forever, relationships like marriage and certainly other kind of relationships, whether it's a, a business relationship or anything else, other than, than parents and children, you know, or siblings, which uh, you, can, you can always be related, um, but these things are, are conditional. At the end of the day, it's conditional. Hashem did give away out of marriage. Hashem did say that, you know, if it becomes intolerable for whatever reason, for whatever, reason, whatever is considered intolerable, then yeah, there's a way to end the relationship. So it's not a question that if somebody is doing something out of, out of the ordinary and, 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 and intolerable, then yeah, there, it could be grounds or reasons to terminate a relationship. But way before we talk about anything that drastic, it's important to understand, first of all, the, the basics of how a relationship really works. Something that we talk about often, but I think that it, it's relevant over here as well. And, and a lot of healthier and earlier ways to, to settle difficulties before going to anything extreme. So, so let's, first, let's first set it up again, and this is something we, we speak about often. And I have separate classes designated to this topic. And that's the idea of boundaries, which means that in every relationship, as much as we want to be close, as much as we want to be one, as much as we want to be there for each other, understand each other, there's definitely different categories about, about different things in a relationship. There are things that belong to me, there are things that belong to you, and things that belong to us. Right? I, I talk about this often, about the, the categories mine, yours, and ours. There are things that are mine, there are things that are yours, there are things that are ours. Don't think of it because we got married and because we're in a relationship. It's all ours and we have to agree on everything and we can't do anything without each other. Most people who try to give that kind of impression, like, you can't do anything without me, it's not because we're really going to be doing everything, it's because I want to do everything. And I'm telling you that I don't let you do anything. In other words, when people really understand each other, they'll usually, they'll usually understand that, yeah, as much as we are one, we're still two individuals and we're in a relationship and the individuality doesn't get... Uh, I'm totally demolished or, or taken away. The things that I like, the things that I do, the things that affect only me, and then there are things that affect only you. Now again, it's hard to go into the specifics, and some people just never get it. They don't want to get it. But if I choose to wear something or say something or, or make my my personal schedule a certain way, and those things don't directly affect you. Now I know you might have a preference about them, but they don't they don't directly affect you. They, but they do directly affect me. Then they should be my decision. And you can't understand that I have a right to decide something, and you're going to take it personal when I decide something not the way you like, without realizing that I might take personal the fact that you're mixing it into my business. There's something wrong with that. So there are things that should and do always remain mine, and then there are things that should and do always remain yours. And then there are things that belong to us and to the relationship, and that's what we should agree on and take each other seriously. And again, nobody should be controlling something that belongs to both of us. And this is a topic that I talk about often. So what happens is, you know, when people start understanding that and respecting each other's boundaries and stop, and stop controlling each other and stop uh, giving people attitude or making people feel bad to making their own decisions, already, already so many things get, get put into place and, 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 and start making more sense. Now, the fact that something belongs to you, let's make this clear, the fact that something belongs to you doesn't mean that I'm obligated to keep my mouth shut 
and be disappointed or unhappy about something you're doing. In other words, if you're doing something that really bothers me, and like we said before, it's a lot to bother me. It's a lot to bother me, right? Just like we spoke about Yiddishkeit. It's normal for a wife to want to have an Ehrlich husband. So if you're not being Ehrlich about something, it's normal for it to bother me. And it's not only about Yiddishkeit, it can be about anything. If you're wearing something that I really don't like, now it's not a shayla of tznias or shkufa or whatever it is, but I really don't like it. It irks me. I, do I have to keep my mouth shut? Am I, am I not allowed to tell you how I feel about it? Some people get, get into defensive mode. What do you mean? It's mine. It's a boundary thing. You shouldn't be saying anything. Uh, who said? Why can't I say anything? I'm not allowed to say anything. I mean, isn't there open communication? So you have to understand that. There's, it's something, there's one thing about saying something. And one thing about making the other person feel bad or controlling their decision or not letting them decide on their own. So if I say very nicely what I want, and I understand that it's yours, and if you can understand this, how I feel about it, and if it doesn't make a difference to you, if you can take me seriously or whatever, no, that, that's all still fine. Of course, a smart person will not have picked their battles. I know what to mention and what not, because if you keep on mentioning something about everything someone else is doing, even if you keep on adding, well, you don't have to, I understand, but really, I, I don't like it so much, I don't like what you wear, I don't like what you say, I don't like who you're talking to, I don't like this relationship you're in, I don't like your schedule, you're definitely getting across a very negative message. But, go back to the other side, you're definitely allowed to say something when something really does bother you. So that's, but, but controlling or, or making someone feel bad about making a decision about something you don't like, that's, that's definitely something wrong. So with that said, it already, it already puts into context, you know, when we start talking about what should I tolerate, what should I not tolerate, well, I don't know if you're really even tolerating something, just the fact that someone else is doing something you don't like. We'll get, we'll get into maybe something more specific or more related to the question soon, but I'm just saying in general, when somebody says, I have to tolerate that my wife will wear this and this kind of, I don't know what, uh, what, what she wears, or, or that she does this, or that she does, you know, I, I don't know, what, what, where does tolerating even come in? <laughs> she's doing what she wants to do, what's the problem with that? The fact that she married you doesn't mean she signed up to being controlled by you. And same thing is the other way around. And when you understand that, automatically it takes care of very many different things that people would think go into the category of tolerating or not tolerating. In other words, if somebody is doing something that they like and you don't, I don't even know if it's called tolerating, just, just let them live. And if somebody wants you to do something that they want, you, it's not a question if you have to tolerate that. You, you don't have to. You know, in a very respectful way, obviously, without turning it into anything personal or challenging. It's okay. Somebody says, you have to do this or that. I want you now to call my mother and say this. Well, it's not a question, do I have to tolerate that? You, you don't have to call. Now, you should say it in a very respectful way. But there's no reason why you have to be controlled. Now, even if someone is doing something to you, which means somebody, somebody is directly offending you or hurting you in, in any way, and, and directly, and it could, be, it could be verbal abuse, it could be emotional, it could be, it could be um, even physical, right? So now, here's where, here's where the idea of tolerating really starts. In other words, you're doing something to me, do I have to let you do that to me? And we're talking about something that, that it's not up to me to, to go along with it. So, so let me first mention three steps that has helped many people without going into anything drastic or exciting. Okay? Remember this. It starts with not enabling. In other words, when somebody is doing something to you, you, you don't even realize sometimes how much you're adding to that, how much you, you're letting it happen. And then people get into this thing, after, after let this go on like that, I don't know, why are you letting it go on? What do you mean? I, which I do. Well, I don't know what you should do, but in, in other words, if somebody's harassing you by phone, okay, somebody's harassing you, somebody's calling you every five minutes and screaming at you and uh, making you feel very bad, whatever it may be, okay, do you have to let it happen? In other words, what happens if you don't pick up the phone? Are they going to still scream? Well, obviously not. So, so why are you picking up the phone? So again, I, I don't like talking about these things in such a general um, context because some people will apply it wrong and some people will think the other person's applying it wrong or whatever, but I'm just talking about the idea. 
In other words, before you get into, I'm not going to tolerate it mode, why are you tolerating it? Maybe you're actually letting it happen. If you're at work and you keep on picking up the phone to somebody who's harassing you, making you feel bad, I mean, you're at work, so this person's disturbing you. So maybe it's nice to either send a text or to say early on that I, I wish I could pick up to you, but I really can't. And don't. So that's the first thing. Make sure that you're not... And I was recently talking to a parent of a 10-year-old child. Okay? At 10 years old, children can do a lot of things you don't like. And the question is, what should I do when he does this? What should I do when he does that? Now, a lot of the examples, not all, but a lot of the examples of what should I do when he does, he's only doing it because you're letting him do it. He's only doing it because you're helping him do it. He's only 10. How did he do that? How did he get his hands on that? How did he manage to uh, get into the situation? I'm not, not going to give you the examples. How did he even manage to get there? The question is because you helped him get there. You didn't even realize what you're doing. So the first thing to do is just not let it happen. So the first thing you want to always check is, are you enabling for somebody to hurt you or to do something you don't like or cause you aggravation? The second step, and this might sound silly, but just remember, the second step is to ask nicely to the person, please stop this. Now, asking nicely, you know, alone is a shtikl chachma. It means that you're making the other person not feel bad. Very often people get into this uh, thing about what you're doing is hurting me, right? But the way they say it, whether it's the tone or the, or the actual message of being very judgmental, you know, you, or, the, or generalizing, yeah? you always do this, it's coming because your mother did it, it's coming because your grandmother did it, they come across negative, they come across judging the other person and generalizing, you always do this, making them feel, they come across as threatening, well, if you do this one more time, I'm going to, that alone could be instigating and, and causing a resistance. So you didn't even realize somebody's hurting you, and, I, and when I ask a person, did you try to get your, your wife or your husband to stop that, the answer is, did I try? You know what I said? I said I'm not going to come home if they do this. Why do you say that? That's not, the, that's not a way to talk to someone. So aside from not enabling someone to do something you don't like, the next thing is you want to ask nicely. And asking nicely could mean, I understand that you don't mean to hurt me or bother me or disturb me, and could be it's my problem, and maybe I didn't do the right thing yesterday or the day before or last week, and I would appreciate if you could please stop this. So when you ask nicely, you could be accomplishing so much more and gaining so much more uh, points and mileage than if you you come across confrontational. So, So even if you're already talking about something that should not be tolerated, but the way you address it in a healthy way is already, is already worth so much more. And people skip that. People don't ask nicely. When you ask them, did you ask nicely? Of course I asked nicely. I said it. No, there's a way to ask nicely. And the third step, which is after asking nicely, is to be very firm and assertive. Which means if you ask nicely and it wasn't taken seriously, somebody told you downright, no, I'm not going to, um, first of all, wait to see if they really will or not. Because sometimes what happens is when you ask someone, I'd really appreciate it if you could be home on time. Well, I don't care what you appreciate. You'd be surprised. But that person might come home on time. Sometimes you have to let a person vent or make believe that they don't have to listen, and they'll end up doing it. And sometimes people get caught in the argument. But you have to. You don't have to. If you don't, then I'm going to... So that's, that's just food for thought with children as well. I'd really appreciate it if you could help me with this thing. And you know, well, I don't have to. Okay, you don't have to, but I would appreciate it. Sometimes just leaving it at that will make it happen. When somebody sees you're not you know, getting deeper into the challenge... But the next, thing to, the next thing, when you see somebody not taking you seriously, is to be very assertive and firm, which means that without threatening and without giving ultimatums, all you have to say is, listen, I know, I know it's hard for you, and I'm, I can't force you, I'm not going to force you, but I want you to know that it really means a lot to me. For me to give up on this, or for me to look away from this, or to have this go on, is, is very disturbing. That's it, which I tell you, I, 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 can't, I can't have this go on. Listen, you, you can do what you want. In other words, without saying you're not going to tolerate it, without coming across as being controlling, but you could express the fact that you don't think that I asked nicely because I'd rather it happen and I'm okay with it not happening, it's something that I really can't have. It's very, very hard for me. So being that clear, 
um, also very often gives a certain message that that, uh, that helps people. So that's that's um, also something to think about. Now, okay. So now now let's go into the. And, and I want to tell you something. With these three small steps about not enabling someone to do something you don't like or to hurt you, to ask very nicely and clearly, and to be very assertive and firm, with these three small steps, I've Hashem, helped many, many people get from very abusive situations to very healthy and normal situations, believe it or not. In other words, even when things were really out of bounds and somebody would say, put your foot down, you can't let that happen. Well, you can't let it happen, but there are simple ways to resolve it. So you don't always have to go into anything drastic because, because I'm not going to let that happen. You don't have to let it happen. And there's still simple ways to, 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 you know, to help this out. And, and the advantage of doing these simple steps instead of going right away to the you know, last resort of putting your foot down and not coming home is obviously that the relationship doesn't have to be at all rocky just because you wanted something to stop. So you're allowed to ask something to stop and it doesn't even have to be something terrible and there's a way to do it. So that's first of all. Now, we spoke about you know, and not tolerating what someone's doing to you. Sometimes it's even a personal choice. Some, sometimes somebody's doing something, not to, not to you. Not to you, but they're doing something, and you really can't handle it. You really, you really can't, for whatever reason, you can't handle it. You can't, you can't tolerate the, the way someone's doing something. Well, what I tell you? Whether it directly affects you or doesn't directly affect you, if you can't, then you can't. Now, here's where people get stuck, because some people's tolerance level is very low. And some people don't realize that when you can't tolerate someone, something else do, someone else does, be, I, I can't tolerate when my wife is on the phone. I, I tell you, it gets to me, and I mamish can't. Well, if you mamish can't, then there's something you should do about it, maybe. Right? Because you can't, you can't. But think about it. Why can't you? Is what you can't tolerate due to the fact that somebody's doing something intolerable, or is it because you have a very low tolerance? Well, what's the difference? I can't tolerate it. Well, the difference might be that you should discuss it with someone and see if there's something you could do to help yourself. If you have such low tolerance, I don't know if leaving this relationship is going to get you anywhere. You might not tolerate anyone else anyway. And that's, that's something people don't, don't realize uh, sometimes. You know, you have, to, you have to know what normal tolerance is. And sometimes you'll talk about it with someone else and you'll see that you know, it doesn't sound so bad when you're going through. I understand. You know, it's not so pleasant, but uh, you know, if somebody's in a bad mood the first half hour when they wake up and they don't talk to you so nicely, but after a half hour they settle and things are fine and you can't handle it, I, I don't know, may, maybe it's normal. I don't know. Discuss it with someone. And this is something that's you know, it's going to be relevant in anything that you don't want to tolerate. It's always good to talk to someone about it. You have to make sure that what you're not tolerating, what you think is intolerable, is, is how you feel about it, because you're so, you know, subjective to it and, and, and so personal to you, or something that taka is, is, is okay. So that's something even when it's someone else. And again, when it's, when it's to you, somebody's hurting you, somebody's doing something that is very damaging, it's damaging or hurting. And damaging or hurting could be, like I said, could be physically, it could be emotionally. And it could be spiritually. And here's where we get to the question, right? Somebody's doing something, it's spiritual, right? And not only spiritual, you know, if somebody's uh, hanging out with other people, doing things they shouldn't, but, but it's, it, a lot of it could be spiritual. Somebody's making a choice in life, whether it's a Yiddish guy thing or something that you don't, you don't like, and you can't handle you think it's in, You think it's intolerable, or you feel it's intolerable, based on your standards or based on what you're worried about might happen because of it. You know, you, first thing you want to realize, the first thing you want to do is discuss it with someone to make sure that you're not too... Uh, intertwined with your own emotions about what's happening and know if it's something you should put your foot down or you shouldn't is it something that will or could affect me or not now again there's, there's two categories there's two there's one thing about I can't tolerate it so even if I try it's not something I could well if you can't you can't and there's another thing about you shouldn't some people think I'll be a martyr it's okay so you know Abraham Lincoln you know, he, was, he was very tall and his wife, his wife wanted to hit him but she couldn't reach him so he used to pick her up and let, him, let her hit him that, that's the joke you know, 
Some people think, it's okay, I'll tolerate it. So, so I'll get screamed at. So, so my kids will see my wife uh, screaming at me or whatever it is, or throwing something or whatever, you know, behaviors that I think are intolerable. Uh, but it's okay, I'll, I'll live with it, it's fine for the sake of the kids, I, you know, people. You know, I, I'll let it happen. So again, you're enabling, and you, may, you might be tolerating something you should not be tolerating. You think you could. Well, sometimes if a husband and wife are neglecting certain obligations, okay, obligations, whether it's Torah obligations, and again, I'm not going to specify, but I think people know what I mean. Things that, that should happen in a marriage. Well, it's not happening. That's okay. I, I can live with it. Who said you could? Who said you should? I don't know if you could. So again, this might be something worth discussing with someone one-on-one. Is this something I should be tolerating? Is it something that's hurting me or damaging me or hurting my children or damaging the children to an extent where um, looking away and tolerating is actually a disservice to me and them? And then what do I do then? So again, you could start with the simple um, steps of making sure you're not enabling and being very assertive and clear about it, but sometimes you have to go to the next step of saying, listen, I love you daily, I know you don't mean to hurt me, but if this goes on, then I might have to X, Y, Z. Now, very often, the X, Y, Z could be something very drastic. You know, I, I, I want to stay here, I want to be in this relationship. If I can't, then I can't. Now, don't say that if you're not ready to do it. Okay, this is where people make a mistake sometimes. They start threatening with things that they're not ready to do, and then they, it just becomes one big joke. Because somebody saw that you put your foot down, and your foot didn't go down, and nothing happened because of it. So you only say it if you're ready to do it. And only say it after you discuss with someone to make sure you're doing it the right way. Now, very often when you put your foot down, and I've seen this many times, somebody will say, you know what, this is something I can't handle. I can't tolerate this. I'll give one example, and it's a pretty extreme example, and I hope there's not what people are dealing with, but I'm giving this one example, just, just to put it into context, right? If, if you're married and your spouse is not home by night, not home, where are you? I'm out. Well, if you're not going to come home by night, then I don't think we could stay in this relationship. Now, you want to you wanna sugarcoat that with, I love you dearly, I want to be with you, I wish we could make this work, but if you're not home by night, then we have a problem, and I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to be able to stay in this relationship. Now, first of all, only say that if you're ready to do something about it. Now, don't be so afraid, however, because if it's something, and again, this is only after you discuss it with someone to make sure that you're applying this correctly to the right situation, and you're not enabling, and you're not whatever, and, and there's not easier ways to, to resolve this. Many people are afraid to say that. Well, what's going to happen if I have to do that? So the short answer is that if you have to, you have to. Right? There are things, like I said, there are things you shouldn't tolerate. On the other hand, I've seen many people do this in a healthy and gentle and, and, and guided way, and they didn't have to do it. Because what happens is when you really do put your foot down, and you really tell someone that you're not ready to tolerate something that should not be tolerated. And everybody knows what, shouldn't, what, what should or shouldn't really be tolerated in most cases. In most cases, people know that what they're doing is wrong. They might be justifying it or making you sound like you're, you're the problem or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, they know it. And when you're very firm and clear about the fact that this cannot be tolerated, I'm sorry, I just can't go on like this. And you show that you, you are ready to do whatever has to be done or to get yourself out of a situation where you're tolerating whatever kind of abuse or whatever kind of... Uh, whatever it shouldn't be, then very often, you know, it gets resolved. Really, really, well, you have to go to the next level and actually do what you said you might do. So you don't have to be so afraid, but you should be afraid enough to not do these things, you know, without, um, you know, without, without addressing it. And another thing that you might uh, get helped by discussing your situation with someone is you might not realize, sometimes people, people get stuck on the example. In other words, if this keeps on happening, then I'm going to... This is only the outcome of something underlying, something more basic. There might be a lot of things you could do to resolve the problem you know, before even addressing the, 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 the outcome of the problem. Because if all you're busy with is, is the last step of why didn't the person come home by night, or why did the person do that or this, and you're not realizing everything that's, that's behind that, so again, you, you, might, you might almost be picking on something that's 
that's unresolvable for the meantime because of other things that weren't taken care of, and you might just be ignoring the whole problem and all the things that you could really um, take care of. So that's also something that you wanna you wanna be careful about. So getting back to the question, I don't know. I hope I hope that I'm not being too vague, and I hope people understand what I'm talking about. But the point is that you know. Sometimes it's important to realize that the thing that you think you are or shouldn't be tolerating really has something to do with someone else's choice. It has nothing to do with you in the first place. Just, just as a boundary rule, you're just, you're just intruding into someone else's territory of personal choices. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it is something that could affect you directly or damage or hurt you and, and, and your family. And it's to talk to someone. Now, again, aside from the fact that I don't want to go into the specifics, but it's not, it's not even possible for me to go into the specifics. I don't know what's going on. So for me to give some kind of um, general guidance to somebody who's giving me a small example, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm not sure what's going on. But sometimes you'll, you'll be taught to, that you're not supposed to tolerate something. Now people that are going through difficult situations where somebody's abusing, and they think, like I said before, they think it's okay. I can live without this, I can live without that. I, I can live without my bills being paid. I can live without my spouse being available for me. I can, I can live without uh, whatever. Maybe you can't live without that. Maybe you're hurting yourself and damaging yourself. Maybe you're not, you're not accomplishing anything by, by tolerating it. So, yeah, to, to sum it up, there are things that should not be tolerated. There are things that should be tolerated. There are things that are not even your business. And then there are things that could be resolved very simply. And you should never um, ignore the simple steps of trying to get things done in a very healthy and normal way without ultimatums and without threatening or without putting your foot down. And then when those things don't work, sometimes you have to take to the next level and sometimes you should. Sometimes you shouldn't ignore it. So just to go back to what we started with, yes, it's normal and, and you should want a very ehrlich spouse. You should want somebody who's who's uh, who's a Yerushimayim, who's healthy. Very often it goes together, not always, but somebody somebody who's content, somebody who's at peace with themselves, and they're at peace with Hashem, and at peace with what they're supposed to be doing in this world. And again, we all have challenges, and you have to be understanding if somebody does have certain difficulties, you should not be controlling them. And with the right amount of communication, the right amount of understanding, you know, very often you could, you could um, help yourself not tolerate that which shouldn't be tolerated. And we have to remember that sometimes it's your low tolerance that has to be taken into account. So that's also something that could definitely help people by flexing their own tolerance level, uh, help people live together.